This is the 135th uh, episode uh, of 200 uh, Private Equity, and here we're going to pick up uh, where we left off. If listeners will recall, uh, the last podcast um, had a rather extensive discussion of Ariza's uh, compliance requirements, uh, and in order to avoid um, uh, all of that uh, argle bargle, I'm sorry, uh, uh, we uh, had a rather extensive discussion of the three exceptions that are often used uh, by uh, uh, private equity firms uh, do get out of the uh, uh, regulatory structure, right? And the first exception was covered in the preceding podcast. Uh, we spoke of uh, the venture capital operating company exemption. And now we're going to talk about uh, the two other ways that you can circumvent uh, the federal government in this space. And that is going to be uh, the real estate operating company exemption, as well as uh, the 25% test, right? Uh, so uh, what of the uh, former exception, right? So uh, the real estate operating company exception imposes requirements that are similar to the venture capital uh, operating company exception. Uh, Here, the fund must invest at least half of its assets uh, valued at cost in qualifying real estate that is managed or developed and that is not a short-term investment pending a long-term commitment. Uh, The private equity fund must have uh, the right to substantially participate directly in the management or development of the property and, in the ordinary course of business, must be engaged directly in real estate management or development activities. Uh, So that is the real estate um, operating company exception. Uh, The third exception... Uh, However, uh, the 25% test is is perhaps the most well-known among uh, private equity practitioners, in part because uh, many hedge funds uh, typically rely on it, right? So for a hedge fund to comply with the 25% uh, test exception, uh, benefit plan investors must hold less than 25% of the value of each class of equity interests issued by uh, the hedge fund, excluding uh, interests held by controlling persons, which includes uh, non-benefit plan investors with discretionary control over the fund or, or the fund's assets, uh, non-benefit plan investors who provide direct or indirect investment advice for a fee, and any affiliate of the two aforementioned groups. Uh, equity interests of non-U.S. Uh, employee benefit plans, uh, government plans, and church plans uh, do not count uh, towards the 25% cap. And fund managers, even those um, who do not have a JD, uh, have been known uh, and are well advised uh, to constantly monitor uh, the level of plant assets held by the fund if the fund is claiming the 25% exemption uh, because non-compliance uh, can trigger uh, Aries' draconian requirements, right? So that's all I have to speak about uh, on Ariza, at least for now, right? Let's talk about uh, buy and build strategies uh, in uh, private equity transactions, right? So under a buy and build strategy, a private equity fund will purchase a standalone portfolio company and then acquire a smaller related or complementary firm, uh, usually through a leveraged buyout that can take the form of a stock acquisition, uh, asset acquisition, or a merger uh, to grow the original portfolio investment and uh, turn the second firm into the original firm subsidiary. The second firm that is acquired typically will produce the same product or service as the first acquired firm, uh, but distribute the goods or services to a different geographic market. Uh, the firm that is acquired uh, first must also have a Departments for Human Resources, um, Information Technology, Accounting and Payroll, uh, Finance, uh, Sales and Marketing, as well as uh, Customer Service. The firm ideally will also have a strong growth potential, uh, fail to achieve maximum profits for reasons other than poor management, but also have consistent and predictable earnings as well as a significant uh, market share. Uh, assuming uh, the target's uh, management is not to blame for poor performance and has acquisition experience, uh, the fund will typically seek to retain staff by negotiating new employment agreements uh, if need be. 
Uh, the quality of this uh, management team is critical because these individuals can assist the fund in evaluating potential targets, uh, conduct due diligence on targets, uh, participate in acquisition negotiations, and plan for post-closing integration. It is also customary for the uh, fund to run its buy and build strategy by the retained management team uh, before pursuing additional targets and put an integration team in concert with the portfolio firm's management with realistic deadlines uh, to plan for business after the transaction is closed. The team here will often focus on synchronizing employment practices uh, as well as uh, human resource policies and procedures uh, and IT uh, with the target because these three areas tend to be uh, the spots where integration is often the hardest, right? Uh, on the other hand, uh, the firm that is acquired a second typically will be a fast-growing company uh, that can use the fund's resources to expand, uh, a financially troubled firm with a good product or a service that is in uh, need of rescue, uh, or a smaller business with a niche product or service in a growing market or a fragmented industry uh, where there is potential uh, for consolidation. Uh, the fund typically will value this firm by looking at anticipated synergies uh, or uh, project uh, post-closing cash flows, right? And that concludes this 135th episode of 200 on private equity. Not, of course, ruling out the possibility of bonus sessions.